and welcome back everyone to a brand new episode of Ian Hates Love. Sophie's back. Hello everyone. So super excited. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, we had a great first episode and we've been doing more shows, recording more things and we realized we wanted to talk a lot more about different topics. So Sophie, you had brought one up actually at the end of our first episode. What did you want to talk about today? I think we're going to go a little bit more into the whole idea of spending quality time with your with your SO, whether it's someone that you're dating, girlfriend, boyfriend, sure. or just someone that you've begun dating. So the idea of spending quality time versus spending money on them to show affection. So ways that people show affection. Okay. That are most desirable. And I'm assuming that you have your own ideals or your own, I said, I I think I combined idea and then went eels. So you're either your (laughs) ideas or ideals that are best for you when you're in that kind of situation, right? Absolutely. I mean, this is all very subjective. Some girls love to see, love gifts. They love when their guy buys them and flowers, candy, all the whole shebang, gifts, they love to show it off on social media, et cetera. And I'm not saying that's any less important. Mm-hmm. Again, people give and receive love in different ways. Right. But personally, that's never been a way that I want to receive affection. Do you think then that when you see other relationships where people are doing that, do you think they have those same kind of conversations where they're like, this is what I like for you to show me your love or your quality? Do you think people actually talk about that? Or do you think that's something that people just assume that that other person will get that that means I love you? I think it's very much assumed. I think it's almost to a fault of women that it's assumed that, again, a good guy is seen as somebody that can take care of you. So what's the biggest way that people think is taking care of somebody else is by showering them with money and gifts. So this goes back to to paying for meals, paying for... Um, excursions, vacations, homes, cars, etc. Depending on how wealthy that individual is, or how further along in the relationship, it's all about what this what this person can give me materialistically. What and I think social media has only inflated that. It used so, to be word of mouth. Oh, my boyfriend bought me this. My girlfriend did this for me. Now it's very much you can post a picture instantly of his Christmas gifts to you and everything that he's buying you and all these experiences that you're doing together that he's footing the bill for. Right. And I mean, I mentioned on the first episode, we are now in 2019, we're coming up on Valentine's Day. And that's always an insane one, because everyone will be posting about what so and so got who, you know, and then you have to be in offices where people get things delivered, and then they don't get delivered to you and blah, blah. And I think it's almost, it's definitely I almost avoid social media on that day. And it's not out of something of jealousy or anything like that. I've Even when I've been in relationships, I've told the guy, don't waste the money. Don't spend the money. Like we can do something else with that. Like sure. don't just buy me $70 flowers because you think you should or have to, or that's the norm. Right. Um, because it's, it's more, I used to work in a flower shop. So obviously- uh- I very much understood the holidays that people would spend that money, and I just couldn't understand it. I, I, I don't understand how people feel valued in that way by just, this is how much money you spend on me. Sure. Well, then doesn't it go to that whole, you know, it's the thought that counts? The thought of what? The thought of them spending money on you? No. I. So maybe I did this more genuinely. So let's let's even skip the money part. Just the thought of getting you something that yeah, meant no, that they definitely. were thinking of you, that kind of thing. No, I agree. I think that's where the sentiment probably originates. Mm -hmm. I think the best gifts are the ones that you don't expect anything in return. Sure. So when I give a gift, it's very much, I'm not expecting anything in return. And I think that's the biggest problem with a lot of our extremely popular holidays, Christmas, Valentine's Day, et cetera, of you're getting me a gift, I expect something back. But I think that's fundamentally what's wrong with gift giving. So are you telling me, though, on Valentine's Day that the guy is supposed to expect a gift? No. I'm saying you shouldn't expect a gift. Well, that's what I mean. So a, a girl normally expects a gift on or expects a gift on Valentine's Day. So when a guy gives that girl a gift, 
they're not technically expecting anything in return because I've only been in one relationship where I got anything for Valentine's Day. Technically, yes, I don't think you should expect anything in return, but I also don't think that Valentine's Day should just be a holiday focused on treating your female, the female in your life. Right. Like I've given, I've only given Valentine's Day gifts when I've been in relationships. Well, right, right. So, but again, if, if it's a holiday where you're celebrating love, and I don't think, I'm not anti-Valentine's Day in any way. Sure. I think there should, and there's also the people, well, you should feel that way about your significant other all year, not just one day. Listen, I don't think celebrating love is anything wrong. There's, I agree. It's awesome. There's a day that you celebrate love. Congratulations. If you're in a relationship, make that day extra special for somebody. But sure. that doesn't necessarily mean spend more money on them. And I think that right. most of society can't differentiate the two. Yeah. I, I mean, you could even, and I'm not talking about like that weird ass like uh, like coupon book that people give people that wouldn't necessarily cost money. But you can do things for your significant other that show that you care without going and spending masses about, like massive amount of money. Exactly. And I think that's also often misconstrued of how much money he spent on me is how much he loves me. And I sure. think that's a terrible way to set expectations for how you communicate in your relationship. So every time I do something wrong, I'm in the doghouse. If I just spend this amount of money on you, you know I care about you. And unfortunately, that's been the bar that's been set over hundreds of years. And that's just the way. That's just the way it is. Unfortunately, that's ingrained in most people that that's what's going to happen. I mean, if we go way back, I mean, normally as women, women as girls get taught at the beginning about lavish weddings and guys taking care of them and spending tons of money. What I think has been nice out of all the, you know, they're saying millennials have the less sex of any generation ever, which is a really shitty part, but also millennials are killing the diamond industry mm-hmm. because people aren't going out. And it's, it's, it's not necessarily that they don't want to, they don't have the money to do it. One of my least favorite things to see on social media is the ring pick. What's that? I said, yes, I'm engaged. Here's a picture of the rock that he got me. Oh, and okay. I'm, I'm at fault too, though. When I have a friend that just got engaged, I can't wait to see the ring. But not but you're necessarily, being a friend, though, too. Yes, but not necessarily because of the size of the ring or anything like that. I don't want to know how much money he spent on it. I don't. Right. But it's more of I'm showing excitement in their engagement. Mm-hmm. But I think it's something that we're taught to say, if, how big is the ring? Let me see the rock. Ah, okay. Versus, versus, oh, you've decided that you want to spend the rest of your life with this guy. Congratulations. Let me see the ring right. is the appropriate response that society wants us to portray. Yeah. The sentiment is that you want to check in because you're friends with that person. You want to see what it looks like. But guys, especially, I mean, I don't know any that have ever said anything like this, but they've never been like, let me see the ring. We, we're just like, congratulations. Yeah. Or, uh, you know, you can still get out of this. <laughs> Not married yet, right? Yeah, that's, that's what we normally do. So I get the gift thing then. On Valentine's Day, if you were dating someone, what would you want them, whether it's spending time with you, whether is there something that you would want to do? I guess it would be a reciprocal Valentine's Day where you were both happy. So I've done things like we've gone out to dinner, we've exchanged gifts, etc. In a perfect world, I honestly would, I don't need you to spend any money on me. Okay. I don't need you to spend money on me to show that you care about me. Just spend time with me. And that sounds so corny and cheesy and like, okay, what kind of relationship has this girl been in? <laughs> Terrible it's, ones. It's just, just, like, it is another day. But if, if we're just celebrating love, let's just spend time together. And it doesn't need to be doing anything out of the ordinary or anything crazy. Mm-hmm. I think just the sentiment of, I love you. I want to spend this day with you. Let's celebrate that. Right. I think that's more than enough. So then let's get away from Valentine's Day in general because that's just a very small part of it. In a relationship, how do you like someone to show you that kind of affection or love? I'm big on quality time. Okay. I think the most important thing that somebody can do for me is spend time with me. And that's, again, sounds very corny and very cheesy, but I don't need you to spend money on me. I don't need you to do a big, grand, romantic gesture, anything like that. Mm-hmm. I, I don't need constant affirmations of, I love you, I love you, I love you. This is what you mean to me. Honestly, if you're just physically present, I think, and that sounds so basic, 
But I think that's something that's missed so often in relationships these days. And I've done the long distance thing and I've done all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. But so it's, I understand that sometimes it's not always possible to be physically present, but the effort is so important right. of making sure that you're at least trying to be with that person and not just have, cause I'm guilty of if I'm committed to somebody, I will put them above others, but also not in a way of, I will only see you. But if I'm not receiving that and as well, mm-hmm. that makes me resent them so much, which oh, I think sure. is a huge problem. Yeah. Obviously. When you talk about that quality time and you talk about the time that you're spending to show that kind of emotion and whatnot, are you also counting that as the time you guys spend together out with friends or the time you spend together doing events? Would it be different to you if someone said, okay, I will be able to hang out with you all night tonight at home, or I bought tickets to this concert and we can go to that and you hang out together at that concert? Yes and no. I think... Doing the, like having something in that sense, and this might sound a little hypocritical of the whole spending money thing, but if that's something that they want to do and that's something they want to share with me, okay, yeah, let's do that. But I don't necessarily need that. But I also don't want it to be, let's just sit home and do nothing all the time. And this counts, I'm checking off all your boxes. Right, right. And then what about with groups of friends? Obviously, we all have different groups of friends. If you were hanging out with that person in that group of friends, does that also count as quality time together? Yes, to me it does. Okay. I think being able to, that's one of the most important things in a guy for me. If I can't, if you cannot hang out with my friends sure. and feel comfortable in that setting, then there is no way we can work out. What's kind of funny about that is because we know our friends groups, that friends group, even though everyone's super nice, would be harder to bring in someone sometimes. Yes. I would, right? 100%. Yeah, I didn't think I read that incorrectly because I think you can see sometimes when something like that happens and the person just does not work in that situation. And I've had scenarios where I've dated within a friend group and it sure. turned out once we started dating, it didn't work anymore and it was very uncomfortable. So you'd think that that would almost be more seamless but it yeah. didn't. And I've also had a scenario where I brought a guy in and I usually don't, if you've, you've known me for a little yeah. bit now, yeah. very rarely have you seen me with a guy that I'm dating and I'm bringing them into that, into that group. Right. Because I don't want to set somebody up not to succeed. <laughs> There's really only been one guy in the last two and a half, three years almost mm-hmm. that I've actually introduced to my friend group and he fit in perfectly. And ah. that's scared. And I think that scared me to the sense of like, uh Oh, this is almost working too well. I haven't decided my feelings for this guy. Uh-huh. So let me just push him away and he'll disappear. All right. That's awful. Which happened. Yeah. That, well, <laughs> I, I put that together. But <laughs> question. So here's here's a question because I think that's that's a really good thing to focus on for a second. So when do you go ahead and introduce that person? There are different levels of friendship sometimes. There's different places that you hang out. Like for me. So there's a bar that I am – how do you, I don't even know how I say it. It's, it's literally like the cheers bar. I walk in, everyone knows yes. me. I've been there for so many years and I actually have kind of a position at that bar. I learned a lesson of not taking girls there unless everything is completely locked down. Yep. You have to have that conversation. Now, I can't remember if I knew you back then, but there was a girl that I brought to that bar. And it was during a holiday party that we were doing. Do you remember that? Were you there at that time? I don't think I was at that holiday party, but okay. I think I knew you. But you know, okay. So you know the concept. So mm-hmm. this girl, we had been out on, you know, a bunch of dates and we had already had sex and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But we hadn't talked about, you know, like being girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever. I knew that she liked to dance. I knew she liked to go out to the, you know, to clubs and whatnot and dance. This bar turns into a dance club, basically, after sports and all that kind of stuff. So I thought to myself, I'm going to be much better than I've been in other relationships and put what she likes to do a little bit ahead of what I like to do. And I said, well, I'm going to finish up this holiday party at this time. If you want to come for the dance night, that would be cool because then you're able to do something you do and I can show that I can like hang with that situation. Problem was, she she showed up two hours early. Oh. 
And you know the bar and you know everyone knows me. Yeah. So as soon as I – and I had told people, a girl is coming tonight that I've been out on a couple dates with. She's She wants to dance, so that's what we're going to do. Everyone came up to her and started talking about what a great guy I was and how good we looked together and, like, tried to get us to hold hands at one point. And these are my friends. And they didn't know – and these are girls that are friends of mine trying to do this kind of thing. And it completely – like, we stayed the whole entire night. And when I was walking back, and I knew something was wrong because she was she was acting weird. And when I got back to my apartment, she was like, so I'm going to need to go because we didn't have this talk about us being, like, exclusive and together. I was like, no, no, I know we didn't. And she was like, your friends just really weirded me out. Yeah. I think 100% the two hours, I think you should have waited until you were exclusive, until she was ready to handle that. I honestly thought that the way that I had put everything out there was that there was no way I was looking to become exclusive anyways. I was trying to just be different than I've been in past relationships or past girls that I've dated where I'd be like, oh, no, I don't want to go to a club night, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And that's why I also preface people by saying, look, we have no idea. Like I was as clear cut as you could possibly be. So that's where I learned my lesson that I should never bring a girl there unless we have actually like lock that kind of thing down. So that's what I'm asking you. When do you know that that's a good idea to either introduce them to work friends or introduce that person to friend group or whatever? I think that's difficult for me because my friend group, as you know, is so ingrained in my every detail of my life. Pretty much, yeah. So there's, I mean, my best friend's boyfriend knows more about my sex life than probably ever needs to, but that's <laughs> something that we're all very comfortable with. We are. That is true. Yes. So they they already know everything that's going on when I'm when I started to see and I, I tend to leave most of the details to my best friend until I I'm ready to share that and then I'll sure. but it's a very subjective I think it's a case by case thing. Okay. Whereas the one guy that I, I did introduce to them really early on, it worked out, but then I was that scared me too much because I had never introduced somebody so early. Right. Whereas there were previous guys that they never even met that it just, it fizzled out before I, they, I even met them. And it's almost like that feeling of like divorced parents mm-hmm. of like introducing your new significant other to your kids. <laughs> Cause it's like, are they going to like them? Is that going to change my opinion of this person? So that's all things that go through my head when I meet somebody is like, before I introduce them to my friends, I want to be a hundred percent because about them otherwise. But then it's like, if you wait too long, then it's just, what are you hiding? Are you embarrassed of them? What's wrong? Why don't you want them? Yeah. But the way my friends are integrated in my life, if you can't, after a couple dates, if I can't introduce them after a couple dates or a couple after I've seen, been seeing them for a little bit, sure. I don't think it would work out because I, I see them a, a, a couple times a week. So if right. I'm trying to hang out with this guy, I, I'm, I'm going to either have to be giving up that time with them mm-hmm. or integrate him pretty quickly. Yeah, it's got to be tough. That's a tough situation. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I learned my lesson. I wouldn't even, I wouldn't bring a girl around, especially that group. I wouldn't bring a girl around to that group for a while. Do you think you would ever be in a situation where if you integrated someone and then you both kind of fell off? Has that ever happened in any of your friend group? (laughs) Go ahead. Yes, but in a different way. It was so much so that we were already integrated and we were already, he was already my best friend. Mm-hmm. And then I started dating him. Oh. And then that changed the really not only my relationship with him, but my relationship with his best friend, his relationship with my best friends. And then ultimately, when we broke up, the whole group dynamic. But I think I really believe, again, I'm not a super fady person, but I do think things happen for a certain reason. And people come in to your life at certain points to teach you something. And I think I learned a lot about that. Myself and and that one of you should never date your friends. That was like my number one rule. And to this day, I've never dated a friend again. Gotcha. Yeah. Don't plant it. See, I guess that's what, that's the positive spin (laughs) that you're talking about. But it's it's almost like when you know something's wrong, but you still do it anyway. Okay. Like if somebody tells you don't touch the burning stove, but then you're just curious to try it and see what will happen if you do. Sure. You will get burned and you know you're going to get burned, but- it's just so exciting to touch it. Yeah. I, and that's yeah. something that you have to go through in youth, I think. Well, And that was my burning stove. <laughs> I've introduced many friends 
that are now married. So I think once again, that's a case by case basis, but I totally get where you're coming from because once you have that experience, it's probably tough to be able to do that kind of thing again. Well, for me, the problem is I don't want to affect other people's relationships because of mine. So what I think for, for what happened in my scenario, by me ending my relationship, it affected other relationships. It affected his friendship with my friends, my right. friendship with his friends. And I don't ever want to be the cause of a reason somebody, not that I would ever forbid my friends from, to, that's not who I am, right. but I know my friends and we are extremely close, extremely tightly bonded. They would never do anything to, to make me feel uncomfortable or put me in a position where I feel uncomfortable. So right. I don't ever want to put them in a position to have to do the same again. But then it also is kind of a broken scenario where if I meet a guy and we become, he, I integrate him, we become, he becomes friends with everybody, we break up again. What's to say that from happening again? That's yeah. almost inevitable. Well, that's, right. again. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it ends up being the exact same issue just in a different scenario. But that's just like, that's just saying then never introduce your person to your friend group. And Basically, you can't do that. Unless you're married, but I also think it's different when you're when you're bringing somebody in as your significant other and they're become friends with everybody. Mm -hmm. It's much easier to to de disintegrate them from the because they only know everybody because they're your significant other. Sure. Versus if somebody becomes friends with everybody and then you start to develop a relationship with them, yeah, you've developed a relationship off of a friendship that already has other friendships which is where I will never do that again. Right. And the weird part about that is, too, is that so many people, and this is very cliche, but so many people talk about that the way that the best relationship starts is if you're friends with someone first. Oh, yeah. But that's one of the things I don't think I've ever really been able to do. How do you, if you're going out with a girl for a few dates and or you click and you have chemistry, that person's really not your friend necessarily. So how do you, but then you build a relationship on it. So how do you get that to work? Like, how does anyone really get that to work then? That's a, that's a good question. I think that's, I've only seen very few people do it so successfully to be able to like build a really strong foundation of a relationship off of a couple dates. Right. But I've seen it, I've seen it happen. I mean, I know I'm thinking of a couple that I think you, the, we are mutual friends that right. have done so successfully, so much so that. Even some of the other people in my friend group idolize their relationship so much. Oh, yeah. And they're they're searching for that so hard, but without even realizing that they can't find her. They need to find their own version of her. Yes. Right. And build their own relationship. I think they're idolizing that idea of integrating someone so successfully sure. that they're like missing out on your they don't want a relationship. They want that mimic they want to mimic that and i'm like okay well that's not gonna happen you need to find your own relationship i sorry that made me laugh because because <laughs> we know for people that are listening we know a lot of the same people i totally get that it's just i guess it's it's always gonna be a weird situation because i will say for me when when i want a relationship to work I want that person to be integrated into friends groups like i i want that to happen because I think that makes things so much simpler down the line because I'm not thinking yep. you talk about like a lot of times I might think of more of the negative aspect of relationships and, and whatever's going on. But I honestly, when it comes to wanting to be with someone, I think about the positives a lot more. So I want to integrate that person into the group because that means that down the line, we're all going to want to hang out together. We're all going to want to do things where I'm not taking time away from being together because we're being together with other people. I agree. I think that it's so, the integration is so important. It's actually a really attractive quality. Right. If, if I can bring a guy out and I don't have to babysit him right. and he can hang out with someone else and be talking to my friend and I can be talking to another person and we're both secure in that. I think that is like one of the sexiest things ever. Because we can be together, but still be in a group and not have to be attached to each other constantly. 
because I'm not, I need, I need space from you too. Like as much as I love the quality of time, I don't need to spend every minute with you. Right. You need to be able to function socially on your own. What's funny is I've seen the other case with you before where a guy has just followed you around. Oh God. What? Oh God. I have absolutely seen it. And it's hilarious. That that's, what's funny is it's actually that kind of stuff makes me laugh out loud. And how did I react to it? I don't think you like that very much. No, I don't. So that's what's also funny to me. Yes. I think, again, I think everyone's unique in their own way, but I am especially unique, whereas I think a lot of guys think girls want a lot of attention. And a lot of them do. And I think a lot of it sometimes is a wrong attention. Oh, absolutely. That's why I've had certain relationships end, is because Mm -hmm. it's too much attention that the person needs. But that's why I also think that when you can have that person hang out with your friend group or their friend or you go to their friend group, whatever it is, that makes things more simple. Well, absolutely. I Listen, your friends know you better than anybody. And if they don't, then you don't have strong enough friendships within your group. I think my I mean, my best friend knows me better than anybody. She knows me better than myself. She'll, She'll tell me things about myself that I haven't yet figured out. So if. She sees something off with the dude that I'm dating or I'm nervous to have to introduce him to her, then I know something's wrong. Because if she's going to pick out the reason why I shouldn't be with him or the reason why I'm going after that specific guy, then I know that I'm going to listen because I wouldn't have entrusted so much into somebody, into that friendship, if I didn't take what she told me as truth. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. sense. Yeah, absolutely. I I had a relationship, I can't say it ended just because of this reason, but we had broken up and we had gotten back together, and we were talking about future stuff. And I remember one of her exact, she goes, hey, you know, you can go out with your friends now, but when we're married, there are going to be times when I just want to stay Oof. home and read, and you're going to have to stay home with me. Oof. And I know, I'm sure it was a lashing out kind of moment you know i'm sure she was still pissed about something but that kind of thing annoys the fuck out of me because I'm why would your relationship change with a ring well that's yeah that's one of the things for sure and then the other thing is i've always been that person that i am completely confident when i'm with someone when i'm in a relationship that if they want to go do whatever they want to do, then that's completely fine. If they want to have a girls' night, if they want to go, you know, like concert tickets to something that I wouldn't go to and they're taking their friend, like something like that, I couldn't care less about that. As long as they're happy doing that, that's completely fine with me. But to tell me what I can and cannot do, I, I don't understand that. Because I, I wouldn't do that. Yeah. I don't I don't like that. I I don't react well when somebody tries to tell me what to do. Yes. Because you're just because you're my boyfriend, whatever, does not mean you have control over me. Right. I will respect your ideas and your thoughts on what if you need me to be somewhere or you need something of me, mm-hmm. but I will never command you to do anything and I don't ever expect to be commanded to do anything. Right. I do things because I want to do them, not because I'm forced to do them. Exactly. And the weird thing is, I guess a lot of relationships run that way though. Because if we go into the cliche about, you know, the woman controlling everything while they're in a marriage, you know, that's always been a little weird to me. And not because I want control, but because I'm giving you a lack of control. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm saying that I am not that controlling person. I will make decisions and I will do things like that. And we can be together on those decisions. But I'm not going to tell you, no, you can't go out and do something And if I want to go out and do something, I don't want you telling me, no, I can't go out and do that. I agree. And I think personally, almost everybody in my life has this notion of me that I like control. Not going to deny it. I do like control. But I think where the misnomer is, it's not that I want to control people. I like to have control over myself. Right. So I don't like feeling like somebody else has control over me and my decisions. I like to feel in control of myself. And therefore be able to dictate what I'm doing Mm -hmm. and not necessarily dictate other people. Because that's where I start to, I don't want to have to, like, what kind of relationship is that? Oh, I'm telling him everything to do. That's not exciting. That's not love. That's not anything. But there are some people that, that. yeah, there's some people that, some guys like that, like to be controlled by their, by their, but that's just, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. 
I think in in some in every relationship, there's somebody that has not an upper hand, but more control. I guess you could say whether it be monetary or socially, there's some kind of control in that relationship. Otherwise, if there were two extremely sub- submissive people, it would, I don't think that it would work out just the same as there would be two significantly dominant people. It would just clash. There's someone with some degree of control, but not in the sense of you're going to do what I tell you to do always and nothing else. You're not going to defy me. Right. I think it's uh, I think it gets cliche sometimes and it's hard to say the right way. I think there's still there's still like a power dynamic that can happen. So if you're just talking about like male female relationships, I think you've definitely got girls that like to be more dominant than guys, so they go after guys that are more submissive. And then you've got girls that like to be more submissive compared to having the guy be dominant. That doesn't mean that your personality is being controlled. Yeah. It just means that you want someone who's able to take charge of something. You want someone who's confident and can hold their own. And then if exactly. for some you know what I mean? Yeah. If for some reason they just don't they don't want that person acting like the opposite of what they normally are, if that makes sense. It does make sense. And I think that also keys into just, for example, for myself. So I'm extremely, I'm a dominant, I have a dominant personality. I'm a very bold person. Mm-hmm. But so people automatically assume, oh, she needs a submissive type of guy. Didn't we have, I think we had a long conversation about that once. Yes. It's actually <laughs> the opposite, though. I'd rather have somebody that can meet me on that level and stand like, there's nothing sexier to me than when a guy can just stand up for himself, be himself, not have to like shrink in the corner. Right. I think that's why the, the types of guy that I types of guys that I tend to go to are somewhat douchebags because they tend to be more athletic, more commanding, more sports minded in the right. sense of that they can command a room rather than somebody that just is going to hide in the corner and not know how to react. Right. Right. And it, again, it tends to be more of that like testosterone response which i also hate the way too aggressive guy that is like so it's a balance well yes it's a balance and i think i was trying to think about this it might have even been when we were talking about this of like putting a venn diagram together of like all these different personalities and then what meets in the middle and i think the thing that a lot of girls don't understand and maybe that's sexist of me to say But it seems like what girls don't understand a lot of the time is that, yes, you may want that testosterone guy. You might want that guy who can stand up for himself. You want that guy who can be in control. But when you say you want the douchebag, that's a whole nother category that goes into that. But you can have that guy that can command a room. You can have that guy that can be a decision maker who's not a total dick. And I think the problem is people go way too far into that other circle. Well, I also think it's hard because it's hard to differentiate when you don't know. The, like once you actually know the person, you can tell whether or not. But I don't think it's something that's written on someone's face like I'm a dick. Like it's something that you oh, have to. Oh, it's not? <laughs> I'm going to beg to differ on that one. Well. I think people are still so stereotypable. And I don't even know if that's a word. I think you can walk into a bar and you can pick out the people that are douchebags and you can pick out the nice guys. I think you can go in and you can do that with women too. You can pick out the people that are probably just there to get a free meal. You can pick out the girls that really would want to relate. Like, I bet you, you really could do that. I don't necessarily agree because I think there's a lot of things, a lot of factors at play in that sense. Sure. Like there's, I think if I laid out all of my, I don't even know, like relationships, guys, etc. I don't know that you would necessarily pick out the ones that I've, that, like, you would be surprised. Oh, I'm not saying there aren't, like, you know, there are exceptions to the rule for sure. Like, absolutely. Yeah. But yeah. but if, if I was able to pick out all douchebags and all nice guys, I still think I would have ended up with some of the similar people that I've been with. Possibly. Same, same thing with you, though. Would you be able to, to tell that all of the girls that you've dated were one way? They, I'm sure they were different one way from what you originally thought to what they ended up being. I don't know if that's true because I think that I still made the decision to be with certain girls because of chemistry and not necessarily about knowing already. Like 
I I think I normally can read people well enough to know what the issues are going to be, but I was too dumb because I wanted life experience. I went into those relationships and I did get a lot of life experience from choosing the wrong women. Mm -hmm. And there are a couple that I think might not have been the wrong women if I met them at a different time, but that goes into playing the variables. Yeah. And that can happen for sure. You can meet someone like five years ago and they were completely wrong for you. And maybe you went on one date and then you could see them outside on the street and go out with them again and it would be completely different. True. And I think that's, I think that's completely valid and something that I agree with. There's a, not necessarily a reason, but there's almost, they were meant to be in your life at that time for a reason to teach you that because if they, if they had not happened then you would have not learned that you needed that now what you learned previously i like the positive spin that you put on that but i, I absolutely don't agree with that every person gives you a life lesson and i really believe that I oh no no I'm, I'm not saying that you don't learn i'm definitely not saying that but that whole things happen for a reason thing i just i don't believe it no, not necessarily that things happen for a reason, but I think people come at a certain time for a reason. Because I really think there are guys that I've dated that if I met them now, it would be a completely different scenario, both good and bad. Both I would have never gone there, or right. it would have things would have got, progressed further, knowing what I know now about sure. myself and just life. Oh yeah, I completely agree that you learn and you grow, and the hope is that you evolve throughout the years, is that you get better, but. It's a systematic thing. I just, I don't believe in that because I believe that I went out and created things that happened to me where I could have learned those lessons from anybody. It didn't have to be that exact person. Uh, I think that's putting way too much stock in your. That's what I do. To, to, <laughs> to determine your future and others <laughs> influence on that. Because there's some decisions that you couldn't influence that still impacted the relationship. Yes, very true. Yeah, there are always, I mean, there are tons of variables. But I think also just knowing how to read people in general, and that's the thing, since you don't do, you know, we talked about this on the first episode, you don't do online dating. I will swear on that too, that it's even easier on online dating to determine who the douchebags are and who the people who are waste of space, you know, and I'm being more general on that term, obviously. But even more than just walking into a bar, on online dating, if a girl goes out with a guy that's got a picture of a fucking fish and he's shirtless, then you know what you're getting. You know what you're getting yourself into. No, that's all exactly. No, I agree. I agree. Which is, I think, what's inhibited me and what's stopped me from doing that online because it's like I have this preconceived notion that I know what I'm gonna find and that I would rather have more organic experience, right. quote unquote, in the wild than the curated version of somebody on online. I think we should probably not make a drinking game where everyone drinks when Sophie says in the wild. Because <laughs> that has definitely happened multiple, multiple times now. That's a great term though. Think about it. In the wild. Yeah. Yes. No, I get it. I get it. On so, the crowd. Wait, is that how you feel yourself to be? No, never. No. I had to check. <laughs> wow, we went off on tons of tangents. What was the point of our conversation again? Quality time. Yes. Versus gift giving and ways of showing affection. So I think, and I'll, I'll just, I'll pull this into myself. When I'm in relationships, I've got, you know, this is number four for podcasts. You know, normally I'm a chemical engineer, so I normally have a crazy job. And then I run another organization on top of this one. So my time is limited. The gift that I normally give people when I'm in a relationship is my time, but it's inviting them to everything that I do. Yes. So it's not saying come to work with me or anything like that, but it's saying like, all right, I go to lots of live concerts. I go to lots of comedy shows. So I'm going to invite you to said events so that we can spend time together. My friends are all getting tickets to Oktoberfest. So do you want to come with me? That's how I show affection and that I want to spend time with this person. And no, I that I think is ideal for some people, myself included. But I think the dangerous thread on that is, or is she equally inviting you to as much? And are you 
putting in just as much effort to go to hers as are you giving up some of your live shows, right. some of your going with your friends to be able to do that same for her. Right. And I totally agree with that. I think that's when compromise comes in, right? Mm -hmm. So we both have a concert on the same day or, you know, for some reason she can't make the one, but she has this other show that she wants me to go to. Then yeah, you make that sacrifice. Like even if I hated the band, which I hate many, 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 many bands. Would you go to Ariana Grande? <laughs> if if I was if I was in love with that person, <laughs> I would go to that show because here's the other thing about me too, and you probably know this. I would get so many stories out of going to that concert that that would fuel tons of podcasts. It it would be something that I could use in a positive way. I think there's something to be said about you know my music taste is extremely diverse. Probably yes. one of the most diverse of people that you know, I would venture to say. Yeah, I could see it. I could see it. I could go in and out of many genres very quickly. Mm -hmm. And I think the ability to do that and but enjoy it for that person is important. Yeah. And that's so what I that's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Whether that be music, movies, whatever, being able to just but not go to a concert, that's what I would look for, is if, if I'm bringing a guy to something that I know he's not going to necessarily enjoy, right. but he's coming to spend time with me and he's going to make the best of it, Yes, that is so important to me and speaks way more volumes to me than if he bought me a diamond necklace right. for Valentine's Day. And I think that's the best way to be, and maybe that's just because we're agreeing I'm saying that, but like I think I think the tough part was, so let's take that Aria Gran, Ariana Grande is a singer. Kind of, right? She's an artist. Ugh. So let's say it was like your birthday and I bought you those tickets and I was like, we're going to that show. That I could do. Like if you were like, hey, I need you to buy me those tickets. Exactly. Yeah. That would be a completely different story. But I don't mind sharing time if like you're in a relationship with somebody and you're able to make the compromise of that kind of stuff completely fine with that thing but if you were like oh no i need you to buy me all these tickets then i wouldn't understand that because then that just seems like you're using yeah exactly i think that's why i'm trying not to sound hypocritical with the spending of money right. but i think that again you could buy ten dollar tickets to my favorite band that is and then that's the same i've i've i haven't had dates like that where someone's expressed interest in that style mm -hmm. of music from me but right. That would mean just as much to me as 250 around a Grande ticket. Like yeah. the, the cost of the ticket doesn't matter. It's that the initiative to say, I want to go to this with you because you enjoy this and I want to enjoy that experience with you. Right. Yeah, exactly. That sentiment. And that's where the, the thought that counts. That sentiment means more than the price of the ticket than anything else. And it's tough when someone doesn't understand that. I think the majority of people don't. Well, yeah, but sometimes you learn that in a relationship. You don't know that going in, and you learn it later. Well, I think it's like very easy to say, I bought you these tickets. What else do you want from me? But you go there, you sulk, you're miserable, you don't want to be there. Oh, yeah, that'd be awful. Yeah. That's You're not only affecting – because the, if it was me and my boyfriend did that to me, I'd be like, okay, well, I want you to be happy. So why, how can I be happy when you're here and unhappy? Right. And I yeah. think that is a fundamental thing that people don't understand is, well, I've done everything you've wanted. Why aren't you happy yet? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, girls I've taken to concerts, they've always been into it. So it's never been an issue on that front. So I just know from the lessons of my life that I would be able to make that sacrifice to go to whatever show that I really didn't like because that other person likes it. But you have to know that about yourself. You have to either have experienced it or you have to know the brunt of having it not work out to know that that's an important quality with some people. Yes. And I don't think everyone that comes into your life is going to be important enough to learn that lesson with. Right. But I don't know. I'm curious to hear what your, what your listeners think about this, about the idea of gift giving versus quality time. I think so. Well, we are almost once again at like an hour. So I did ask you a question before we were recording. Did you write down any questions at all? Because we could do a question and then end out this episode. I think I've slid most of the questions. Okay, oh, actually, okay. I have one question for you. Okay. What makes what makes a guy the most jealous? Like, what makes you the most jealous? What boils your blood? 
if like you saw your the girl you were seeing, your girlfriend doing something, what would make you the most jealous? Nothing, and I am being completely honest. Nothing will ever make me jealous while I'm in a relationship because I'm too trusting. Really? Nothing. I, I have too much confidence when it comes to that kind of thing. If I have made it to the point where I'm in a relationship with somebody, then jealousy doesn't matter. And I've had that has been an issue where girls get very upset with me for not being jealous. I don't think it's a for not being jealous. It's I think girls want to feel I think every girl want, this might be too general. Go ahead. Want to feel that their guy is just a little bit overprotective. Or protective. Not overprotective, but protective. So jealousy in the sense that it drives you to like be more concrete in your in and kind of flex a little bit. Sure. And that's most girls generally want to feel like their guy is protective, not jealous in a sense. Right. right. But jealousy generally drives that behavior. So I think as a guy, especially in my condition, I run into issues with that. So I'm six four, six five. I've always hated when I've seen guys be jealous of something. Like it never looks good when guys are jealous. So my protectiveness of the girl, like the way I look at it, is that I'm with her. No guys, I don't know. I, most guys, they see me and a girl together. They don't come up and hit on her. Like it, it doesn't normally happen. But what I've had happen in the past is that girls will come near where I am with her and talk about me. And then that girl will get mad because I'm not saying anything. Like I don't have my hand all over her so that it shows that we're together. You see what I mean? Yes, I do. And I think that's why it's such a fine line of, and I don't necessarily know how to articulate my thoughts on it, but it's not necessarily that I think I need a guy to flex and be like, oh, this is my girl, like need to tell the whole world, but just small little gestures to show that, yeah, I know I have something that's worth having Mm -hmm. and this is how I'm going to be really subtle, but show you that, that little bit of protectiveness. (laughs) I don't know. No, I I think I think it's such a fine line because I think I've been in situations where guys get way too jealous yeah, and it's frustrating, but it's also like, if you don't feel like he's noticing you at all to think that you could have other app or anything, I think that's a little heartbreaking too. I don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, no, it does. And I, I had a long conversation with a, a past girlfriend about it where it's more like if I was making more moves, and I've learned this over the years. It's like, I think it's more that I learned over the years to show more affection physically, not not just assume that everything is okay when you're out in public. So I think, you know, doing that whole thing where maybe you put your arm around her or you even give like a stroke on the back, like, you know, that kind of thing. You hold the drinks, you do all that kind of stuff. I think that shows a little bit of protectiveness that you're together I it, it took me a while to know that that's what a girl wanted. And then I learned and now I'm better about it. Again, I think it doesn't have to be anything really over the top. I think that those subtle little things go a long way. Yeah, I think I wasn't doing the subtle little things for a while. And I think most guys don't realize that it doesn't have to be... Some girls want the big show, but I think majority want just a little subtle way to know that I'm thinking about you, not about anyone else here. Right. Yeah, no, no, for sure. But that would be probably the only thing that I could think of. Because other than that, I mean, I take it as a compliment if I was dating a girl that guys would hit on her. So, and it's not something that I would like shove out there to happen. Like I'm not fishing for it. But if that happened, it wouldn't make me mad because I would be confident that that girl would stay with me and not go off with that other guy. True, true. I think that's a confidence that a lot of guys need. Like, they need to be able to do that because if it's too much jealousy, then you're just a dick. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. I think it's a really, really fine line, but subtlety is, best, I think, best practice when it comes to when it comes to that. Yeah, I agree. So now, Sophie, can you think of anything else we need to go over, or is this a good point to end? Unless you have a question for me. No, I didn't prepare questions. Uh, <laughs> if you're going to do an Ask a Guy and Ask a Girl segment, you have to have a question for me. I did not know that that was the rules. Okay. Well, something to tease for, for next time. Okay. All right. Now we know. Now, Well, now I know, even though I thought I was setting up the show. So, okay. 
hey, I put out a show yesterday. We're recording multiple episodes today. You got to give me a little slack. Always, always, always. All right. Thank you, Sophie. I, I appreciate that. So once again, Sophie is not ready to share her social media with everyone. So I will do what I normally do. You can contact me on Twitter at Ian Hates Podcast, on Facebook and on Instagram at Ian Hates. And then you can go ahead and you can email ianhates at gmail.com. Feel free, especially reach out on any of those and ask relationship and advice and sex questions, and we'll do them on the show too. I think that'd be fun. That'll be fun. So I don't know how many more episodes we'll get with Sophie right away because I know she has to go back to work, but we will figure all this out so that we can get her back on the show and do more. Just know there are going to be a lot of different changes with the like it's not always going to be like this but i think this is always a good place to go back to as well but i don't want to tell all the ideas now because i don't want anyone stealing them because they're going to be a lot of fun they really are so sophie thank you very much for doing the show again i'd like to thank everyone out there listening as well because i don't think i did that before so thank you very much and now sophie i'm gonna ask you like i did last time do you have some creative final words for everybody I do not. Thanks for having me, Ian. It's like every other co-host that I have on the show. They never have anything to say. <laughs> I don't. I've said my piece. There. See, hey, how about that? That is your new sign-off. You know what, you know what I'm going to sign off with? For all you out there listening, go out into the wild. There you go. See, that is an actual sign-off. And now everyone drink. So <laughs> I'm going to leave you the way I always do. Long days and pleasant nights. Thanks, everyone.